Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode, I zoom in someone who's dope, and we just sit back and have a conversation on what it means to live your best life. Now, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, this is the Mobile University for Entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, Dr. Will. Now, today's guest is Sarah Fontenot. She came on my radar. Uh, you know how you go to YouTube and they give you these recommendations. Uh, she was on, uh, I don't even think it had a name at the time, but the podcast is Social Proof. And I saw her and I was like, oh my goodness, who is this? And I did a, a search and I started, I found her YouTube channel and I started watching the videos and then I checked out the Facebook and I was like, oh my goodness, she is on fire. I gotta have her on the show. So I reached out and she says, yes. And I've been so excited, people, about this show. Y'all, y'all, but y'all gonna, y'all gonna learn today, all right? Uh, so for those who will be listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, and Spotify, will you please introduce yourself, Sarah? Hey, thank you so much. I am honored and excited to be here. Also, huge deal on how many shows you have going on. You have been consistent making it happen. So I just want to celebrate you. But hello, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Sarah Fontenot. I am an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur now going on nine years, which is crazy to even think about. Um, and, you know, I didn't know what it was, but I knew that I wanted to to, to do something bigger. I knew that I wanted to have an opportunity to impact, an opportunity to create access. And I slipped and fell into this thing called entrepreneurship. And now it's become my lifestyle. So, you know, I'm a Canadian raised girl. I was raised in Regina, Saskatchewan. And yes, I said the name right. Um, I moved to Los Angeles, California to pursue acting. So one, I'm a cliche. And two, I'd like to say I'm a professional failure but I'll never actually fail because I will never quit going after what it is that I'm after. So, um, you know, I'm just a, 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 I'm just a woman out here creating impact and giving access. That's all right. That's all right. Now people, you hear the energy already. You hear it already. You got to feel it. Well, y'all going, I'm telling y'all, <laughs> I might have to put a little fee on this one. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm always curious as to how people got to where they are. What did you think you would be doing when you were growing up? And you just mentioned how you fell into entrepreneurship, but once that idea, that calling hit you, what made you pursue it? Well, you know, I didn't know entrepreneurship was, was an opportunity. For me growing up, I thought that success looked like doctor, lawyer, engineer, or entertainment. And I thought those are really kind of the only ways because where I grew up, it was like, that's what you did if you were this thing called successful, right? I also learned along my journey is that success is not just monetary. Although monetary is in there, I think a lot of the times people are looking at money like it's the end game. No, money comes along the way and you want to do it. But for me and a part of my brand is creating a life that is separate from this one they try to make you settle for. You know, and I, and I didn't really know how to articulate that in the past, but I realized that, you know, success for me is when your physical, your mental, your emotional, your spiritual, and your financial are all on point. And if any of those things you, you don't really have, how can you, how can you have whole life happiness? And so going back to, um, you know, when I was growing up, one, I thought I was going to be a, a veterinarian, which is another form of doctor, right? I actually turned into a vegetarian for like four months as a young girl. I was like, how am I going to eat meat? If I can't, if I'm trying to save these animals, I'm done. And then I started eating meat again. And then now as an adult, I don't eat meat at all, which is crazy. Um, that was out because blood makes me queasy. And you know, I, and my heart, I just, I can't, I, that's, that's, I can't put myself through that every single day. I'm like, Oh, the puppy, it'd just be all bad. Um, and then I, from there I was like, okay, so doctors out, uh, lawyer, I'm actually a pretty good, I'm good with debating. But then I found out how many years of school and all the reading and things I'm not interested in. I was like, mm -mm, nope, that's out. Then I was like, um, engineer. Well, my mom's an engineer and I don't want to do what my mom does. So I was like, mm -mm, that's out. So then I was like, entertainment. 
you know what, Sarah? I've been dancing my whole life. I play steel drums. I've been singing my whole life. I was on a series back home. I was like, oh yeah, this is it. This, this is the thing. And so I picked up at 20 years old by myself and I moved to Los Angeles. And, you know, I, I always tell people, people see the success now, but I'm that girl that used to ask my mom, you know, can you please send me money so I can put gas in my car? I'm that girl who would call my mom every single month saying, can you please help me pay my rent? And so I want people to know, you know, you don't really know true humiliation until you put $3 on pump five. And not because you're in a rush, but because that's all you have. And so when I moved to Los Angeles, I was bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and ready, but no one really prepares you for, for, the, for the residual bills, right? That's one thing that's residual for sure. Nobody really prepares you for the, the things and the expenses. And so I knew that I wanted to be something great, and I thought that that meant that it has to be Sarah Fontenot, name and lights. And what God was trying to tell me is sometimes, you know, everything goes wrong so that life can go right. I have these life mantras that I funnel everything through. Um, you know, I did the whole acting thing. I, I, I really loved it, but I realized inside of acting and sometimes for those of you that are listening, I really challenge you instead of asking, what do you want to be? Ask yourself, who do you want to be? Because what is connected to achievement? Whereas who is connected to fulfillment? And if you are focused on becoming that person, becoming that person, be whatever that person may, may, may be, the money, the stuff, all of that stuff will come with who you're being. And so because all I was asking was what, I thought it had to be entertainment because I thought that having a, a higher platform was only possible with entertainment. And a lot of you out there probably know more than I know, you know, I'm, not the smartest girl in the in the bunch, but I'm I'm a I'm I'm a go getter, you know. And so I would say I would say that that's how it all started. I slipped, fell. My first journey was with network marketing. I built to the top 1.6 percent of that company. I took the tools, the lessons, the experiences, the mindset, all of those things, and I realized along the way people were asking me, you know, because it's so funny. I we'll probably get to this later, but one of the things that I realized is people used to ask me all the time, Sarah, how are you so strong? Sarah, how are you so resilient? And so I realized for those of you listening, there are people right now asking you, giving you hints on what your gift is. You know, so they're because they see you doing it all. It just seems effortless to you. It's like, oh my gosh, you're in, you're in your zone of genius and you may not even know it yet. So I, I slipped, I fell from network marketing. I went on to doing high ticket one-on-one -on -one coaching as well as starting a mindset motivation teacher at Apparel Line. From there, I started doing, um, what was the next thing? Um, oh, the next thing was leadership executive coaching. Um, and then I also have an online course for entrepreneurs who feel like they're stuck. They feel like there's not enough money. There's not enough time. Um, and they lack direction. Then my online course is really great because it, it really helps you figure out number one, not just what do you want to be, but who do you want to be creating, creating joy in your life and business, because some people are really successful inside of their business but they have a horrible home life and that's not happiness, you know? And some people are really great in their life, but struggle every month to pay the bills. That's not really happiness either. So whatever your version of, you know, your be, do, and have is, whatever your version of your physical, your mental, your emotional, your financial, and your spiritual state is, my mission, my, 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 my entire mission is to disrupt the status quo and show people that we get to be that. Take away everything that people hear, all the stuff people say, and decide that it's true for you. When you believe it, you'll act like it. Mm. Now, I want to throw this out there to you because you just mentioned that people see sort of the, 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 the outer stuff, but they don't see the inner side. They don't see the work. So when people see your pictures and they see your videos and they see all the glam there, but there was a time, you know, I was watching your video, you talking about you had to take the bus to get to somewhere so you can get to the next level. What kept you going and, and putting in that work and not just go back to Regina? Oh man, that's so good. That's such a great question. The answer is I have these life mantras that I funnel absolutely everything through. And so it's like if I had contact lenses on, that is the only way that I see things. And so I'll say things like things go wrong so that life can go right. 
But what I didn't know was my initial and most deeply rooted story that I only know in hindsight was, this is all a part of my story. And so it, it's funny because a lot of the times people will jump into entrepreneurship and they're waiting for God to show them why they shouldn't instead of locking on to the one reason why they can't, right? I'm going to tell all the entrepreneurs and you know, right now, there are 1 million reasons why you should not, why you could not, why you would not. But there is one very powerful reason why you can, why it's possible, why not, you know? And so for me, I, instead of, I always say like, instead of asking God, like, why is this happening to me? Why me? Why me? Start telling life, try me. And so I say that because I have this car that used to squeak on every block. Her, her name was Get because she was ghetto. She talked all the time. It was like, uh, I couldn't handle her. I hated that car so much. But be careful what you curse because that car ended up crashing itself on the freeway. Don't ask me questions. That's just how it happened. Car crash itself, right? So, well, I was in it, by the way. So, um, yeah. Um, so my car crashed itself. And I had a decision to say, well, maybe this is God telling me this isn't for me. Or maybe this is God saying, how bad do you really want it? And again, I locked onto, this is all a part of my story. Oh, I'm gonna have a good story. And so my car that crashed itself, I started taking the bus two and a half hours one way and three hours back. Because what I know is success does not come to you. You have to go to it. And my mentor at the time was in a city that was a 45 minute drive away. And so I started taking the bus. And every single time we make the decision to do something great, boom, adversity is gonna come up. It'll be like, ooh, you know what? I'm gonna lose 10 pounds, I am ready, I feel good, boom. International Donut Day, free dozen, right? Like, like every single time something comes up. And so again, you have to ask yourself, are, are, you, are you locked onto that one reason why? Are you looking for the signs of why you shouldn't? Or are you hanging on to that one thing and continuing? Like, you have to continue to choose entrepreneurship. Because that saying, every new level is new devils. No, every new level is bigger and badder devils. They got wings. They throw fireballs. They, 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 got, they, they, they evolve. Your problems evolve faster than you do. You know? And you've got to just get, you, you got you to gotta learn. Right? So, um, my, my, my answer is, you know, you just gotta, you've got to decide and get rooted in what and why you do what you do. And I can't come up with that reason. And it doesn't have to be the, you know, sometimes people get cliche, like, well, I want to retire my mom because I heard someone else say that. Or I want to look, if you are a new entrepreneur, my guess is you don't want to struggle to pay your rent anymore. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, or, or maybe it's you don't want to put $3 on pump five anymore. Maybe you want to actually enjoy a dinner night out without looking at the prices first and figuring out what you can eat, you know, and that's my, that's my story. But why do you do what you do? And then having things that I funnel my entire life through that help me to understand that things go wrong so that my life can go right. All things are happening for my, for my good, even the bad. This is all a part of my story. And so when, my, when, when all those things would happen, I'd be like, ooh, this is all a part of my story. Ooh, this is all a part of my story. Oh, I got a good story. I got a real good story, you know? And I do. I, I literally have parts of my story that will make people cry, will make people laugh, but like plot twist, you know? And, and that's what makes the best stories. And then this thing called life, we're the director of our own lives and you get to choose. Are you, are you willing to take the hits and the adversity and the obstacles and the trials and the tribulations that come with success. Mm. So when that educator who is thinking about it's time to create that side hustle. Yes. How do they d determine their secret sauce? You know, what products or services they should be offering when they're looking at their story, what should they be drawing from to find that path? I would ask them to ask themselves, what do people say you're already great at? Right. Because are, is it a course? There, there's so many questions. Is it a course? Is there something that you're good at? Is it a product? Is it a service? Like all of those questions. Some of the things that I could say is you could go to alibaba.com, right? They'll manufacture anything for you. You can actually drop chip directly. You think all these wigs are getting made from China, right? Literally, you can, and, and, and they'll, they'll charge you, you know, you could buy 10 at a time. Let's say that you want to buy um, workout gear. 
right? And it's six or $7 for a set of workout gear and you sell it for $30, they'll drop ship it directly from, you could, you, whatever you're passionate about, if you just wanna find a random thing to sell. But my, my, what I would advise people is I would ask you to ask yourself, what problems are you solving? Mm. Who are you talking to? Because if you're talking to everyone, you're not talking to anyone. A 35-year-old woman and a 12-year-old boy, they don't want the same thing. A 25-year-old man and a, and a 45-year-old woman, they don't want the same thing. So you've got to be really clear on who are you talking to and then what problems of theirs are you solving. And if you are literally working from a place of like, I just want to solve people's problems, those are the most successful businesses. Let me tell you, the person that came up with the electric hot comb instead of like a real hot comb, oh, thank you, God. Like, <laughs> I'm so grateful. Or, or the person that came up with the thing that you put in your shoe, so you, the shoe horn, is that what it's mm -hmm. called? Who thinks of this? Be because we struggle to put our shoes on. That person is absolutely winning. There are so many things that solve people's problems that we're just like, oh, no one would ever want that. I remember when I was young watching um, a commercial one time and I saw a towel. They wrap the towel up, you know, when your hair is wet out of the shower, and they put a little, a little rubber band on the back so you could put, put the towel through the rubber band so the towel wouldn't fall off your head. You know they made millions of dollars off of that? Millions off of a towel with a rubber band on it. You know what I mean? You just got to get, you got to get creative and ask yourself, what problems can you solve? Mm. And so, you know, when you're first starting out, and especially when you have a full-time job, right? So you're just working. And whether it's in the morning or is it in, in the evenings, you're just trying to work. Whether it's work, working on that course, you're writing that book, you're trying to come up with these webinars, you're doing this work, but you're not thinking about building systems mm. uh, to create that business so your business can become healthy and sustainable. And I know you're really big about building systems. Yeah. Uh, please elaborate on the fact that you do need to build that system so that your business can actually be sustainable and grow. Yeah, systems, uh, I just talked about this yesterday, which is so crazy. Um, you know, some people think what they own is a business, but what they own is a job with an owner's title, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what's called self-employment. And what's great is I know a lot of self-employed entrepreneurs who are making a lot of money, but are an absolute slave to their business or their job, right? And if you don't have systems in place, you will forever be a slave to your business. So if you're just starting, you're actually in the most superpower place you could be because you can write it down as you go. And so what I will say is, if you look at businesses just in general, right? The statistic is in the first five years, uh, no, in the first year, seven out of 10 businesses, seven out of 10 businesses fail within their first year. And that same first year, eight out of 10 franchise businesses succeed. What is the difference? A system. If you buy into McDonald's, you know, if you go to McDonald's, you're going to get a bun. You're going to get a, a, a piece of meat, if it's meat. You're going to get a piece of cheese. You're going to get two pickles, a squirt of ketchup, a squirt of um, mustard, and uh, uh, those little onions, and that's the cheeseburger, right? Is it the best cheeseburger we've ever had? Absolutely not. And sometimes people are so busy trying to create the most incredible product that they never start. You don't have to be, have the greatest product. You don't have to have the greatest service. And honestly, one thing that I can say is people will pay for consistency before they'll pay for a, a, a perfect product, if that makes any sense, right? And so um, inside of your systems, what happens is creating your playbook. It's so funny. I was at this event and I remember um, uh, it was, a, it was a, a growth seminar and there was this guy on stage and he was like a 5'10 white guy and he was like, look, I could play um, a wide receiver for the New England Patriots, right? 5'10, 5'10 white guy, right? He's like, and I would win every time. He said, it's not because I'm some crazy, ridiculous, phenomenal athlete. It's because the plays that are in place would set me up to win every single time. I just got to make sure I'm running my route. Right? That's why they have so many championships. Y'all can argue with me if you want to. It is what it is, right? And so I say that to say that 
when you are first starting your business, write down what it is that you do. You know, there's going to be your, your email marketing. There's going to be your, um, what is your customer experience? There's going to be things that you have to automate every single time. And instead of having to go and rewrite the same thing, instead of going, creating those emails each Monday, batch your work, automate your work, delegate the things that you know are not your zone of genius. A lot of the time, and you can go to websites like upwork.com, fiverr.com. You can outsource so many things. If you're not at a place where you can have an executive assistant or project manager and all of those things, great, no problem. Absolutely no problem. You can get it done on Fiverr for $10, right? You can get it done for, for $5 on upwork.com. But you have to have a way of having the play already in place so that they can win. So as an example, one of the things that we do, um, well, that I definitely do that I'm, I'm learning, I learned from one of my, my very good girlfriends, and I'm so late to the game, I'm like, why am I just now knowing about this? I, I don't even understand, right? Is a thing called a branding board. A branding board, yeah, this, this is a game changer. So if you're listening out there, get your branding board together. Um, but a branding board essentially has your fonts that you use, it has the colors that you use, it has the shapes that you use, the elements that you use, it has examples on it, it has all of the things that, that encompass how you make your, your, your stuff, right? So now I can spend $40, send my branding board and an example of my work to someone on Fiverr, get it back in three days, and it, it, now I have another 25-page um, giveaway freebie for people to opt into and it just saved me however many however long it took me because it takes i'm not fast at that stuff but i'm very specific on what i'd like so now they can't mess it up and then on top of that inside of your branding board you put for me my brand is women 25 to 45 i want women on i don't need any men on on my on my you know when you have the pictures inside of the pdfs and it's all pretty no men right? Um, laughing, primarily uh, black indigenous women of color, right? I'm, I don't, I, but also there will be white women there. But I know my brand. I know who I'm talking to. So now they can't mess it up. And you just saved yourself 15 hours of trying to recreate the wheel, make sure that it's perfect and all of that for $40, right? So the, the more that you automate, delegate, and systemize, the more you will save time, energy, money, effort, so many different things. And if you're new, what I can say is write them down. How did you do? So now when the next person comes in, they're going to do it just like you because now you're giving them the playbook to win. And all they have to do is run their route and they can win a championship too. You know? Mm. People. People. Ooh, okay. Oh, see, I ran out of coffee. I would take a sip right now. Right here, right here. <laughs> I'm drinking iced coffee. <laughs> You're doing it today. You're doing it. So look, I I love watching your videos. And one of you had a video, and, and something just popped out at me, and I was like, oh my gosh! Like when you talked about how people ask for stuff, mm. and you know, they'll say, you know, God, I, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to be this. I want to be that. But they ain't ready for it. Right. And you talked about that in that video and it was just so powerful. Please speak to that for me. Yeah. You know, I, I, so inside of whatever it is that you're after, for those of you that are listening, right? Life experience is like weight. So I want you to imagine going to the gym. Right, if you're going to the gym first time, however old you are on this day, it is your first time going to the gym and you decide, you know what, I'm gonna get real big and real strong, real fast, I'm going to the free range squat rack, right? Or you could say, I'm gonna go do the bench press, free range bench press. I am bench pressing 400 pounds today, right? And what I would do if I was gonna go on the bench press, for those of you that may not know, it's where you lay on your back and you lift the weight up directly ahead of you, right? And you get two of the strongest men to spot you inside of the gym. And you tell them, you guys just lift it off and I'm gonna push it back up, right? As fast as that weight comes off of the rack, is as fast as it is coming down and hitting you in your chest, probably ending your life. 
Now this analogy goes to stand for, some of us are asking for blessings we are not strong enough to carry yet. And some of us are counting on other people to do the heavy lifting for us, which is why we never get strong, which is why we never make it. And so there's this amazing book called The Sacred Search. I swear I talk about this book in like every speaking engagement I ever do. And it's actually a relationship, uh, it's, a, it's a Christian spiritual um, relationship book, but relationships are relationships across the board. And uh, the author talks about how he's climbed Mount Everest twice, right? And you know, it was hard and people die trying to climb the mountain, even though they prepared, like it, it's like a marathon. You have to prepare to climb Mount Everest. You don't just decide one day, oh, I'm gonna climb Mount Everest today, right? And so inside of the book, the author says, if a 300 pound man came to him and said, I am ready, I am excited, I'm gonna climb this mountain, I'm gonna be your hype man, I've never done this before, but I'm excited. You know, the author says, I would respectfully decline. And for no other reason then, not only is this man unprepared, and so he's probably going to die on the way up the mountain, but he'll probably kill you off too. And so I say that to say, not only are people trying to lift weights that they themselves are not strong enough to carry, but what they'll take is 300 pound energy, they'll put it on their back and wonder why they're not making it up the mountain, which in this case would be success. Sometimes you're letting your friends, your family members, your trials, your tribulations, your struggles, you're letting those things cling onto your back and tell you that you're not gonna make it. You allow them to kill you off along the way because they're not ready for the, the climb that you have in front of you. The climb is between you and you. Success is between you and you. It is a choice. It's not an accident. And so every single time something happens in your life that feels like, ooh, like, ugh, ah, you know, like, oh, that really hurt. It's a weight, right, where you have an opportunity to get stronger. You have an opportunity to lift more so that one day you can bench press 400 pounds if that's what you want to do, right? One day you can do whatever it is that you want to do because you built up the strength to do so. And it's funny, you know, my mom always says, um, oh, she's, she's such a profound, incredible woman. My mom always says, you know, sometimes in life, when things go wrong at first, it feels like a torpedo hit you in your chest. And all you can do is fall out and cry, right? But you get better and you learn, right? And the next time that, that that problem starts to happen, you learn to dodge it a little bit better. You learn to dodge the torpedo. And as time goes by, that same torpedo, like that same problem or that same issue, if you continue to learn from it, is more like a dart getting thrown at your chest. And so now that thing that once took you out, it's like, get that off of me. And you can so easily just keep moving forward because you've learned. And I will say a lot of people refuse to learn the lesson and that's why they continue to repeat, right? You either repeat or you evolve. If you're in grade one, I know I'm Canadian, y'all say first grade, but if you're in grade one and you don't learn the lessons, you get held back and you repeat that year. We've got to get to a space where we are okay with learning the lessons that life keeps trying to teach us so we can go forward and evolve. Mm, that's all right, that's all right. You know, the thing about business, and, and you know this, you know, you, you, you mentioned like you have to know who you are. You have to know what it is you bring to the table. Who do you serve and what problems that you solve? Mm -hmm. But once you understand that, how do people go about gaining that credibility so that they can stand out from other people? So let's say, for example, I'm an educator and what I do is blended learning coaching. How do I begin to stand out from other educators who are doing the same work? I, honestly, I think it's marketing. Because there, there are people, there are people so much less, let's say, qualified, not as great of a teacher, doing way better. And, and that's in any level, right? The, there, there are people that are selling the same coaching, Dan Mock, the number one um, coach on the planet, right? We know he charges hundreds of thousands of dollars to work with him. One person, right? Whereas we, there's new levels, right? He does not have anything that anyone else doesn't have, but he established, number one, who he was. So a lot of the times what is going against people is obscurity, 
no one cares about the business they don't know about, right? And so I would question people to say, how is your marketing game? Do people know who you are? When are the first person that, that you know, if you were um, a coach or if you are doing what you do, is your name the first thing that comes up to their mind? Mm. And if, if for those of you that are listening, if the answer is no, then your marketing is not on point. And so there are ways that you can market for free. Like you don't have to do the Facebook ads and the Instagram promotions and the, and the swipe ups. If you don't have 10,000 followers, literally you can even cross pollinate. Like if you're first starting, let's say that you are, um, in a, in a business that you do blended learning coaching, right? So inside of blended learning, what are you blending? So we can like use this as a real example. So we're looking at how do you develop lessons that one part of it is face-to-face -face with the teacher and another part of it is students doing self-directed learning on the computer by themselves. Okay, great. So the first thing that comes to my mind is um, schools, right? Like whether that or, or uh, different schools that you could work with. And so then it becomes, how can you get that school to talk about your course in teaching? And for you, it would be, how could your course in teaching talk about their school? So what's happening is now you're cross-pollinating, right? And this is for those of you that are listening. I'm sure that you all definitely already know this, Dr. Will. Um, but for those of you that are listening, when you cross-pollinate, what happens is you start letting their audience know who you are. But you don't want to go into something that is directly competitive with yourself. So you want to do something that is, you know, it's like it, it like goes with you. I don't know what that would be. You see what I'm doing over here, but those of you, y'all can't, can't see me. But um, it goes with your brand. So as an example, let's say that you're into working out and you have a workout line, right? Apparel line. Maybe you could get with the people that do workout shoes, or you could get with the people that do the, the resistance bands, right? And so now in your cute workout outfit or grungy workout outfit, whatever, mixed with someone else's resistance bands, you are promoting their company and they are promoting yours. And it goes on and on and on so that you can really start to expand your reach. Also, I will say SEOs, Google searches, um, uh, Facebook ads, I mean, those are absolutely amazing, uh, amazing, but really and truly, you've got to be the person that people think of. And also know that it takes time. You know, I, I, I think that a lot of the times people think that because every, everyone starts at square one. I was a girl that could barely afford to put, I had to choose between food in my fridge, paying my rent on time, putting gas in my car. Like I was literally sued for $3,500 worth of late fees because out of the apartment I lived in for four years, when I moved out, I paid my rent twice on time in four years. So I want you to understand that we all start somewhere. And, and who, who, we, who we are in that moment is not who we're always going to be. And so be okay with your starting point. Be okay with failing and looking stupid and, and, and getting it all wrong. Okay, great. Well, it's not really a mistake. It's a learning experience. Now you know what doesn't work, right? So I, I would really just, for those of you that have a job, like you've got to be okay with just starting. And even on my Instagram, I cannot tell you how many times people be like, Sarah, you spelled this wrong. I'm like, y'all didn't come to me for spelling, okay? <laughs> you guys came to me for a messy, to this day, I almost now, I literally, I'm so like, it is, like it just so is what it is. You didn't come to me for spelling or you wouldn't be reading my whole, and my captions are long. <laughs> I put my heart in my captions. You read through my whole caption to tell me I got three spelling mistakes. Well, I did my job. You read through my whole caption. Mm. You know? Oh, yeah. So, you got to be okay with starting. You got to be okay with looking crazy because you know what? You are, and you've got to believe. You've got to believe in yourself. And so I have seen, you know, scouring uh, YouTube and Facebook and, and LinkedIn and all these other sources. You know, it's like you have uh, almost two camps in terms of business strategies. You have those who say, hey, you know, let me do a tiered system where I may offer a book that turns into a course that may turn into some group coaching or, or memberships to a subscription. And then you have that person who's like, yo, I'm, I want the whole cake. I'm getting the whole bag, high end ticket coaching where I've seen some of them dollar prices. I'm like, y'all, you out of my educator budget for that. <laughs> uh, I, I can't even rock with that at all. Uh, 
why would someone go into a tiered approach over the high ticket? And, and how should someone determine which route to take? Um, that is such a great question. I do all of them too. You know, like I got the $20 shirt and then I have the high ticket coaching that may make someone say that's out of the budget, right? Now, I, I think that one of the great thing that funnels you along the way is so that people can really get a, a, a piece and an understanding of what you, what it is that you have to offer, that you have quality, you know, because there's a lot of information out there that's just regurgitated, right? Like literally it's just regurgitated information. And mind you, all success principles kind of are like Tony Robbins is teaching from Napoleon Hill. Who's teaching from the Bible? You know, like it's all, it's all just regurgitated information and it's kind of more like, who do you relate to? Um, but what I will say is it gives people an opportunity to say like, Ooh, that was good. Let's see what, like, what's more, um, as opposed to just doing high ticket, high ticket, you've really just, if that's all you do, um, you've really got to establish yourself as like, uh, as the, uh, uh, the authority inside of that niche. You've really got to do the due diligence where you've done the speaking, you've done the, you know, you have the books, you have all of those things because that's going to create more of your credibility. Um, but I think that funneling is awesome. I think that not funneling is awesome. I also think that the price of whatever it is that you have to sell, for me, when I think price, I think quality, which I should know better because I have some shoes that are horrible to walk in, but like, first of all, who and why, right? So, so a lot of the times, you know, if you were to look at three fans, like three desk fans, and one is $13.99, one is $99.99, and the other is $149.99, right? Now, they just look like three fans. Maybe they're all different colors, but we don't know which one is going to break down first. We don't have a clue, but the price is what gives us an idea of the quality. You know what I mean? So never feel bad for charging full price. Never feel bad for whatever price it is that you say that, you're, that you have, it is the price that you say that you have. And, and there, are, there are people that are looking for what you have as long as you're focused in solving someone's problems. You know, so um, I, don't, I don't think there's a right or wrong way. Like there's not any wrong way. And one thing that I will say too, a lot of the times people that are new in entrepreneurship, they look up so much to this person or that person that they try to duplicate that person. People are not duplicatable, but their systems are. So I would ask you to ask yourself, how can I do something along the lines of what they're doing and not become them? You know how people like pick up the, the mannerisms and the way they speak and the way they, it's like, whoa, hold up. <laughs> I, be yourself because that's going to attract your tribe, but you can duplicate the system or the way that they go about doing business. But I really don't feel like there is a right or a wrong way. I think you just got to find out the, do the way that that works for you. Mm. So Here's what you said about price, right? Because I work in a field where even talking about money is just almost blasphemous. Like educators are like, what you're going to charge for a lesson plan you're, you're going to do for this because for everything no one becomes an educator because they're looking to buy a bugatti mm -hmm. but i always tell my colleagues no one becomes an educator because they want to live off baloney either and so that whole mindset around pricing and you know being able to charge what you're worth or at least charge where you're not in a situation where you have to sell you know, 500 of something in order for you to make a certain type of profit. Yeah. What goes into that, that mindset of people actually valuing their work, right? And how do they overcome that uh, imposter syndrome or doubt or whatever it is that they can actually charge someone a certain price or a premium for their work? I think number one, you have to believe in your own value. You have to know your own value and understand that we aren't for everybody. And I'm not here to convince anyone of my value. Either you want it or you don't right now, right? <laughs> so, and I'm, and I'm okay with that. But I think two things for me come to mind. Number one, for people that think it's blasphemous to talk about money and the, the, the prices that you charge, Mother Teresa died with a net worth of $9 million. So don't get it twisted. Like, you can't save the poor if you're one of them. Empty can't pour into empty. You know, and, and so often people will try to make you feel bad. And this is also how they get you to do that life where you settle for 
where they make you feel like you have to be self, uh, you have to be selfless. You, you have to live this selfless life. Well, you can only be selfless if at first you're selfish. You have to get full so you can operate out of overflow instead of out of like, I'm, str I'm struggling to fill you up, you're struggling to fill me up, and we wonder why we're both struggling. And so when I think of value, it, I would really, I would ask, do you know what your value is? Because I don't feel bad. I, I, and, and I also think that the people that you're around and your surroundings make such a huge difference because sometimes I was just talking with um, one of my closest girlfriends the other day and it was just my birthday and my man, he just surprised me with like perfumes, like crazy, right? Like I'm like, what is happening? Well, I don't even know what this is now. My girlfriend, she was like, oh my goodness, girl, I remember I, the first time where she bought a bottle of $500 perfume. And she said that she felt so, um, like, like it was like she wanted to hide it because what happens is we, we do this thing where we get to a certain level of success where it's like, I don't, I don't want to make you feel bad, right? But number one, I would ask you, like, why do, why do they have to feel bad? Why can't you be an inspiration? That mm. really, right? But also she, so she went into this, like, I don't want to tell anyone that I have this $500 bottle of perfume. And then she said she was talking to one of her white girlfriends. She is not white. She's talking to one of her white girlfriends about perfume. And she's like, oh yeah, girl, I'm about to go pick up this blankety blank perfume. And she asked, well, how much is that? And the girl said, oh yeah, it's $10,000. And in that moment, she was like, why am I tripping about hiding a $500 bottle of perfume when I know all of us are born worthy. It's not something that we earn. We're all born worthy of any and all things great and in abundance, right? Why don't I deserve whatever it is that I want to have? And I don't have to feel bad about it. And so when you know that you're worthy, you won't, you won't take any less. It's like relationships, right? Some of us put up with some very toxic relationships and I'm no different in my past. I definitely have done that, definitely have done that. But I say that to say, the, the moment that I realized my value, the moment that I realized that I, I deserve to be treated better, I deserve, like I deserve more, and maybe I shouldn't say better because that insinuates good or bad, but different, right? The moment that I understood that was the moment that everything changed because I understood my value. So I know that oftentimes, especially for those, and you know all of this, Dr. Will, but for those of you that are listening, you know, don't feel bad for charging full price. Tiffany's, Tiffany's, you know, the diamond Tiffany's, they have a paperclip, a paperclip, literally, a paperclip that they sell for $1,475. $1,475 for a paper clip, but you get free shipping, right? <laughs> the, <laughs> the fact is, if you, if, if you understand, if you value it enough, then it'll change. And, and one thing that I will say for, for those people of color that are listening, um, and, and can I go here really quick? Oh, go there, go there for real. Okay, so I, I do want to say that, you know, at, us as black people, we are one of the number one consumers in the nation. We are the number one consumer in the nation. And when you hear information like, okay, we're consuming, we're consuming, we have all the things, but the average net worth of a black woman is $5, $5, then you start to understand, okay, this isn't correlating here. And so one of the things that I realized is, you know, I, I don't know if you saw the video, but I, I, I just was talking about black economy. And the reason why it's so easy to oppress a people is because there's no leverage. There's, what are we gonna, us as blacks don't own a lot of things. We don't own cities, we don't own companies, we don't own, there's so much that, we don't own electricity, we don't own, like, there's so much we don't have, we don't have ownership over. And so when you look at the, at the different races and nationalities, and for my, for my, People of color, we got to get it together and create economy because in the Hispanic community, $1 will go around in that community six to seven times before it leaves. In the white community, it's eight to nine times before it leaves. In the, in the um, Asian Arab community, it's 13 to 14 times before it leaves. 
In the Jewish community, it is 18 plus times before it leaves. And in the black community, a dollar doesn't even go around once. And we wonder why the net worth of a black woman is $5, right? And so do not be afraid, especially now in these times, I feel like a shift is coming where it's not gonna be like, oh, Sarah Font, no, she's a great black leader. She's a great black female leader, right? No, Sarah's a great leader. You know, Dr. Will, he's an amazing education. He's got all of the, the this, that, and the other. It's not that he's a black man, it's that he is a great educator, period. And I do think, I, I pray that, you know what, maybe my kids will see it one day or my grandkids. It may not fully happen all the way in my lifetime, but what I know is that we have to create leverage. And the only way to create leverage is to create ownership. So mm. sometimes we have to stop looking at the things to buy and how we look and start investing in ourselves. Now, I also believe in both and. I don't think that we have to choose. It's not either or. I, you know what? I'm going to have the house that I want and the car that I want. And for the most part, I have all the things that I want, but I'm also investing. I also have a portfolio. My parents are also set up. There's, there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different things out there, but let's not start going backwards. Let's start looking at it and going forwards, if that makes any sense. So that was a really long-winded question or long-winded answer, but the answer is number one, you've got to know your value. Don't feel bad about charging full price because you deserve whatever, like whatever, if you stamp yourself as that, be it. Make sure you bring the quality, bring the value, bring the people, bring the impact, bring the access. And, and, and if you're doing that really and truly from your heart of hearts and your product does what, it, what you actually say it's going to do, your service does what you, what, it, what you say it's actually going to do, then why not? Because there are people out here with the same kind of product charging 15 times, 100 times more than you charge. You're no different. Goes back to obscurity. You just have to become that person that people think of, which takes time, but you could do it. I hear, I always talk about ownership on here. So, hey, talk about black folks owning. That's what I talk about is that we need to own because, you know, when the, the protest came out, you know, I was telling people, I ain't in the marching. I'm in the owning. Right. Like, we can march all day. We, we've been marching for a long time. But the difference is when you own something and when, you know, Robert Smith showed up at Morehouse and gave his speech and said, by the way, brothers, I paid off all y'all student loans. That was a game changer because you had a billion dollar black man use his money to set up these brothers for a life of debt free. Yeah. And other things. So I'm all about that. Even Killer Mike, you know, has from Atlanta. Atlanta's just be just doing it over there. Yeah, they uh, are. But he's talked about how when he grew up, all of these businesses and everything around the community were owned by black people. But what happened was their kids took those buildings, the businesses, and they sold them off and they got out. Mm -hmm. And now black people don't own those things anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's great that the revival is coming in. I like Atlanta. I don't like the traffic, though. Uh, but I, but <laughs> the traffic is terrible in Atlanta. I couldn't yeah. live there, but it is nice to visit. It is. It is it's amazing. It's amazing there. So I love how you talk about ownership. And uh, yeah, on my show, there's never any worry of saying black folks in ownership because that's what I talk about all the time. I love it. Uh, so I want to get into to content, right, in social media and what people should be creating in terms of attracting potential clients and deciding on what they should and should not share. So you know, you have these videos, you have these pictures, you have all this, this stuff that go out there when people Google you, they can easily sort of find out what's going on with you and what you believe in. And, and uh, to me, that value that you bring for me to learn more and to find out how can I get to where you're going? How should people be looking in terms of investing into that free, con free content? And how they should they decide what they should share and how much of themselves should they actually share? Mm, that is such a loaded question. I like it. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, when it comes to social media, I would say, choose your theme and post inside of your theme. 
So for me, what I believe in sharing is lifestyle. I want to share inspiration, motivation, women empowerment, um, and something about me, right? So in, oftentimes, you know, I'll have the pretty pictures, but really and truly where a lot of my game comes in is in the captions. And so what I love is inside of my, my stories, you know, I'll put like new posts up and then my, I'll put a poll under it. Now, this is for people that are, that are um, new to um, newer to social media or trying to grow their social media. This is one way that you can actually grow your social media is inside of that poll, I'll say going to read or powerful caption, sis, or something along those lines. Now, whatever they vote on, I'm going to go and look at all the people. And I sometimes will get hundreds, hundreds of people that are voting on these polls, even if you have 10. Okay, go look at the person's page and just say, hey, thank you so much for showing support on my page. It means the world to me. Um, I appreciate you being a part of my journey. What do you do? Right. And starting to build new relationships with people, because number one, I, I have fairly good engagement as far as like comments go or as far as and what and it's not all um, emojis like smiley faces, praise hands. It's like one guy wrote me a whole book as a caption the other day. And I was like. First of all, whoa, you know, like it, it's, it's crazy what will happen when you actually take interest in the people that are showing love on your page. And so people know when they come to my page, you're going to get motivation, inspiration, lifestyle, something about me, awareness, education, you know, like it, empowerment. They know what they're going to get when they come to my page. Now, that being said, I'm not really going to post anything else outside of that. Mind you, that is who I am because I've decided who I want to be, going back to my initial question, right? Not to say that I don't have bad days because I do. I just look at them as character building days. Um, and so when you decide, I would say find five points that you want to represent on your social media and stay inside of those five points. And then what I would say, if you're looking to grow your social media and beat that obscurity, I would say let's if you're if you're if you're um, one of your five is empowerment, right? Go search the, the hashtag of empowerment inside of the search bar on Instagram and the top nine, go comment on the top nine, like the top nine. If you like what they're actually doing, I got this from Gary V. If you like what they're actually doing, um, then follow them, right? Then go to the next one because what's going to happen is empowerment is going to show you empowerment. The next hashtag is going to be like women's empowerment and the next hashtag is going to be like empowered. And then, so there's so many different hashtags that are going to come up. And so what you're doing is you're getting to know your community. And what happens is if you are in a theme of, of like-minded people that are also about empowerment and lifestyle and travel mm. and all of those things, now you're creating your online tribe. You're creating people within, not just, you're not just creating followers, but you're making new friends for people that are like you. And so when it comes to creating your content, I would ask you, are you, because now I use my social media more like, like a business card. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not as accessible as I used to be. Um, like I'm, I, it's, it's, I was just having this conversation and I like, I like that I get the opportunity to create access and make an impact, but I'm also not on call 24 seven. I'm not ran by my business anymore. My business is ran by me, all of them. Right. So, um, I say that to say that when you are creating your tribe and when you are making your new friends and you're growing your following, are you making new friends? Are you creating new leaders or are you just getting followers? Because followers don't mean anything. And there was a woman who was on Instagram. She actually posted this about herself. She has 2.6 million followers, 2.6 million followers. And she couldn't sell 36 t-shirts. Wow. Right. I know people that are, have 10,000 followers that are making over $10,000 a month monetizing on their social media. So it's one thing, you might get the likes, but don't let likes make you forget value. You don't want people to come and like your stuff. You want people to come and buy your stuff. You want people to be a part of your tribe. You want people to be your friend, right? And so when you have a like-minded tribe, that's what starts to happen. And what I will also say is that, um, if you start liking or posting the things outside of your niche, let's say you have someone that might want to give you an opportunity to sponsor you or someone that might want to cross collaborate with you, right? 
-hmm. If there was something that's ratchet on it, that might be the first thing they see. And now they put a judgment on you like, oh, you're, you don't take your business serious. So one of the things that I do is I have a, a ratchet thread with all my, my closest girlfriends. And in the thread, oh, we got all the stuff, okay? <laughs> we got all the crazy posts. We say all the crazy stuff, all the crazy, but everybody doesn't get, get, get that. You know, like every, everything is not meant for everybody. Um, and then a really great way to create content is you can like, I, I mean, oh, I mean, there's so many different ways. Um, one of the things that I like to do is I like a, a website called Canva, canva.com. I feel like I should be an affiliate as many people as I've gotten started on Canva. Um, and affiliation is awesome. If they were affiliating, I need to find out. But anyway, it's like either $11.99 or $12.99 a month. Or you can get it for $115 for the year, like $114.99. Um, and inside of Canva, you can create PDFs, you can create business cards, you can create, you can create pretty much anything, right? And they have templates. So you just plug in the information into whatever, and it's pretty, um, of whatever it is that you're niching. Now, again, for me, um, I like to put things inside of my captions or it's like three quick tips on blank, or it'll be, if you swipe, it'll be a content, you know, how to get unstuck, or it'll just be something about mindset in the caption period. So I mean, as far as content goes, I would post content that is inside of your theme and decide what your theme is. People, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm so ready. I'm so, I'm so ready to release it. So I got to hold off. This is the 400th episode right here, people, uh, <laughs> which is coming very, very soon. I, 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 before we go, because this has been an amazing conversation, and I appreciate you giving her your time, and I appreciate, appreciate you answering the tweet that I sent you because I'm not Oprah yet and you don't know who I am. You know, so I appreciate you coming on. Oh yeah. Look, if I get Oprah money, just a little taste of Oprah money. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, so I want, I want you to give your advice to those entrepreneurs, those teachers who they've taken the leap and they're out there with their side hustle and they're working. I mean, I mean, they're hitting that conference circuit. They put out that ebook. Uh, they're on social media. They're doing everything that, you know, they find business strategists say they need to do, but they're not seeing the results that they hope for. They're not seeing the traction. Or, you know, it's like, boom, in November, I get that $5,000 check, but then they go three months without getting another check. What do you say to them to, so, so that they stay motivated, that they stay working, that they stay grinding, that they don't lose hope in what they're trying to accomplish? I honestly believe that success starts and ends inside of your mindset and it, it starts and ends with your level of belief. And I think that a lot of the times we as people will, will hear successful people be like, you've got to believe. Right. And it's like, I do believe what my life looks exactly the same. Right. And so I, I really like to break that down in two different ways. Sometimes when we, when we proclaim these huge things, like let's say the first, the first hurdle you want to do is you want to make $100,000 in your, in your side hustle, right? That would be absolutely amazing. Okay, well, when you break that down, uh, $100,000 is, oh, but I, I should preface it with this, but sometimes if $100,000 seems really far away because you've only made $11,000 in your business, when you say it, you may feel like a fraud. Do you know what, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like when it's like this goal is so big that you don't feel good about it. Like you're actually like, I'm just saying it because they told me to say it, not because I actually think that it's true. And what happens is we don't feel good about it. And if you don't feel good about it, you actually push it away. And so what we can do is we can take that and we can break it down. $100,000 um, a year is only $8,333 83, a month, right? $8,333 a month. When you break that down daily, it's $277 a day. So how many people do you need to expose your product or service to per day in order to make $277, right? And so you can do little baby chunks. And even inside of that, that might seem like a really huge thing when you haven't made $277 in a month. And so sometimes when they tell you to affirm, right, I am making $100,000 a year, I am blah, 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 blah. Sometimes what we have to do is we have to speak and affirm, but in things that we believe. So instead of I am and then saying something we don't feel good about and we repel it, we say, I am becoming the kind of person who... 
I am becoming the kind of person who can expose my product or service to blank amount of people every single day. I am becoming the kind of person who will keep promises to themselves. I am becoming the kind of person who will be consistent no matter how much rejection that I get. I am becoming the kind of person who, and what happens is, you get inside of the daily actions, the small things, and you start to become that person. And then one day, those results that you wanted, you don't even know because you're just looking at right here what's in front of you instead of looking at what's far away from you. And one day, what's far becomes what is. And then you set a new what's far. And you just focus on what's in front of you and what, what, what you want becomes what is. And so some of the times, I feel like the issue and why that doesn't happen for people is because of their lack of belief. And one of the things that I, I just so strongly like, oh, why aren't people teaching the, the middle steps? Is it's hard to believe when, when, when like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be the light, but your light bill is off. You can't pay the light bill. It's hard to be the light when you can't pay your light bill, you know? And, and so sometimes what you've gotta do is yes, you've got to affirm what it is and you've got to focus on who you're becoming, who you're becoming, not what you're becoming because the money is going to come. If I could promise you anything, I could promise you that. If you do the work, you take off the timeline and you stay consistent in the income producing activities, the money is going to come. But what I will say is if you believe, and when I think about belief, belief breaks down into five really simple steps, right? When you think about it. What starts to happen is you think about it, you think about it, you think about it, you think about it. The more you think about it, what starts to happen is you're actually creating new neurological pathways inside of your brain, right? So you've got to continue. And what happens is it's like your reticulating activator. When you've thought about it, it's like that new car. You get the new car and now everybody has your car. You didn't even know you saw 40 of them on the way to work and then 35 on the way back home, right? What happens is when you think about it, and, and repetitiously think about it, think about it, put it in your phone, put the pictures on the wall, have the vision board up so it's constantly on your mind. What happens is that is going to create a level of awareness. Now, when you are aware of something, right? Let's say that um, I am here inside of the United States and I wanna go to Japan one day, right? The more aware I am that Japan exists, now I understand that I can get there. But before I can get there, I do want to give this disclaimer. Guys, sometimes the people that love you the most, they support you the least. And it's not because you're not incredible. It's not because you're not phenomenal. It is because they are trying to keep you safe in who you are. If up until this day, you have only ever your whole life seen a map of the United States and someone comes to tell you about Japan, you're going to be like, that's not real. It doesn't exist. So they're trying to keep you safe. Everybody, everybody can't see your vision. You can't tell the blind man your vision. You've just got to become the possibility. Now, inside of that, uh, the awareness that comes, okay, I'm, that's okay. I know that they can't see it, and that's okay. Be the possibility. The United States is here. Japan is up here. Okay, great. Whether you walk, whether you hitchhike, whether you take a plane, get on a yacht, take a cruise, it does not matter how you get there, but now you can create what's called an evaluation. This is where I am, this is where I have to go. And now I gotta figure out how to get into action, right? Even if I walk from my house to the airport, it may take me a little bit longer, doesn't mean I'm not gonna get there. So now I get to the airport. Now that action is going to create progress. Now your progress, oh, I'm already at the airport. Okay, what's the next step? I can't afford a plane, all right, gotta get on a bus. Whatever it may look like, you may have to take the long route around, but your progress is going to breed more belief. And when you believe it more and you repeat that thought, that thought is gonna give you more awareness. That awareness is gonna give you an evaluation. That evaluation is gonna allow you to get into action. And that action is going to continue to give you progress. And it's, again, an elevated level of belief. It's the torpedo that starts turning into the dart, right? Mm. It's that thing that allows you to keep going because you truly believe in yourself. Belief is an action word. If you believe it, then you act like it. And sometimes what people forget is we have this identity about ourselves that works like a thermostat. Sometimes the first step is getting clear on where you are and changing the number on the dial. Because what we don't know is if we're set at 74 degrees, which is making, you know, average income of a black household is 30 whatever thousand dollars a year, right? If we're stuck at $35,000 a year or 74 on a thermostat, if you make, a, if it is freezing outside, warm air will pump and it will 
it'll warm it back up to 72 degrees. If it is burning, scorching hot outside, cold air will pump in and it will bring it back to that 74 degrees. And so what happens is our subconscious works the same exact way. Wherever we identify ourselves, wherever we see ourselves at, that, that thing inside of ourselves will either self-sabotage to bring it back down or it's gonna get motivated to bring it back up. So you've gotta look at yourself and say, you know what, I've gotta change the number on the dial. I've gotta identify with myself differently and I've gotta feel good about what I cannot yet see but what I know is coming from myself. And it goes back to your belief. It goes back to who you're becoming and it goes back to deciding, taking emotion out of it because emotion will get you in trouble. I don't feel like doing half the things that I have to do in a day, but I'm committed to what I have to do in a day. And that is the difference between a successful person and an unsuccessful person. An unsuccessful person will say, I don't know how to do that. I guess I can't. And a successful person will say, I don't know how to do that. I got to put it on the agenda to learn. Let's get it. So um, that's my share. You gotta believe in yourself. You've gotta focus on your becoming and know that we can be, do, and have anything that we wanna be, do, and have. Whole life happiness is here if you want to take it and you just gotta go for it with reckless abandonment. People are gonna tell you you're crazy. And let me tell you this too, the business doesn't even really start until after you've given your all, you've poured it on, you've had sleepless nights and all you wanna do is quit. That's when the business starts. Mm. Mm -mm. People. <laughs> mm. I'm gonna look, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go back and rewatch this after the recording. <laughs> uh this one, oh my goodness, people I'm telling you, y'all gonna love this episode. It's gonna be popping. Wow. Thank you, Sarah, for coming on. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Now, people, you know how I do this. This podcast episode is going to be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, and Spotify. I need you to subscribe. I need you to follow. I need you to share it. I like the stars, people, but can I get some reviews? Can I get some comments? I'm trying to be found, and I'm trying to get Oprah on the show, and I want her to know that I'm doing big things around here. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Sarah Fontenot, for coming on and dropping so many gems. She did it for free, but I should be charging you a fee. And I'd like to thank you again for checking out another episode of the Dr. Will Show. As always, people, invest in you. EDU, peace.